Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Behind the Desk with Mark Thomas, the podcast where I'll be meeting some of the leading figures in the insurance and insurtech space and bringing you insight on their views and opinions on the sector, career journeys, as well as a deeper look into the actual person behind the desk. Every week I will bring you some of the most inspiring tech leaders in our sector and my first episode certainly doesn't disappoint. To kick us off, I have Rebecca Bunyan, CIO at Lloyds of London. Rebecca has been at Lloyds for just over a year and has a 20-year career history, which starts in telecoms and has evolved into leading technology and change at one of the most iconic, rapidly changing organisations in the UK insurance sector. We talk about her journey from project and change management to entering the insurance sector over 12 years ago, leaving and then coming back, working in the US, her views on how we get more female diversity in the insurance space and much, much more. So without further delay, let's get behind the desk with Rebecca Bunyan. So welcome, Rebecca, to uh, the uh, the first podcast in the Behind the Desk with Mark Thomas series. Um, re- really great to have you on. Uh, it would be great to, to get some background from you on kind of where you're at the moment and uh, a bit more about you. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so a bit more about me. So I've worked in um, I've worked in technology for around about twenty five years. I started off actually as a as a programmer um, on an AS four hundred, which in wow. modern day terms is kind of a lot, pretty pretty similar to what a DBA would do. So that's where yeah. I started my my career in in tech, and then kind of moved through. I then became a BA, a project manager, a project director, always kind of leading change in technology, and then. Uh, you know, currently I'm the Chief Information and Change Officer for Lloyds of London. I have a huge portfolio, huge portfolio of change. Um, I'm responsible for tech, cyber, data engineering, and yeah, and, and change. It's a really, really big job. It's a really exciting job. I've been there 16 months and joined fully, fully remotely. So I was one of the, I think I was oh, wow. one of the first people who joined Lloyds completely virtually. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember us, us kind of uh, interacting a little bit on LinkedIn when you first started, um, but um, I didn't know you joined fully remotely. What was that like? Do you know what I was? Re- it was it was brilliant. It was I was really really worried about building trusted relationships quickly over the virtual environment. It was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I think you know the the way that you can interact with people digitally is just yeah, it's fine. But it was great. I guess the thing is, though, you don't know what you don't know. So mm. I, you know, I there, there was a lot I didn't know uh, that you would normally pick up at the coffee machine or you know wandering around an office. So I think it's taken a little bit longer to understand the isms of the organisation that I work for. Um, but no, it was a it was a brilliant experience and goes a lot says a lot about the people of Lloyd's and how welcoming and warm um, that they are that we were able to build those relationships really quickly. Yeah, you know, I suppose especially starting with a company so iconic as Lloyd's, like the the, the building and the office is kind of is such a central point of the organisation, isn't it? Like even just from the outside looking in. I mean, um, we uh, obviously I was at your offices not so long ago, and uh, walk, walking through the the floor when nobody there is just quite quite a weird weird kind of concept. And um, so uh, so yeah, I can imagine that was quite weird. I mean, I, I know certainly those people that started early on in the there's a lot of people who got that really right and there's a lot of people that, that didn't really get it right at all and, and I can imagine yeah. in, in, a, in a senior role as as uh, much of a focal point given what what's going on at Lloyd's is yours and not being able to actually go in and meet people would could, could have been a quite quite a big hurdle to, to get over so um, it's it's good that it, yeah. it kind of worked out um, worked out well so but we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Lloyd's and what's going on there and your, your role there in a bit but I, I guess just want to go right back to the to the start now so AS400 uh, programmer um, I, obviously I've looked a bit of your, yeah. your your background it looked like you did some consultancy roles and cable and wireless and stuff like that so t- talk us through yeah. the start and and the, and the kind of evolution and I, I guess it more, more to the point into into how that evolved into getting into insurance so, uh, so, it, so Cable and Wireless is the company that I first joined. Though it wasn't, it wasn't originally called Cable and Wireless. It was called Jones Cable Group. Um, so the history of, of cable TV and telephony really started with a number of small American companies coming to the UK. Um, I joined Jones Cable Group as employee number fourteen. Oh, wow. um, I lived in Sheffield. I worked in Leeds, so the company was in Leeds. I was employee number 14 and I was just totally fascinated by 
this new thing that was happening where we were digging up the streets and laying fiber optics and I, I just found it totally fascinating and I think it's that it it was the first time that I think technology really really touched me and, yeah. and really got me excited now I I actually joined in the call center I didn't join I didn't join in a in a tech role I joined in the call center and my job was to kind of you know I was making appointments for people to have their to have their cable fitted and the I was probably I don't know, six, eight months in, something like that. And the IT director came and said to me, he thought I've got a really natural aptitude for, for tech, you know, for technology. I was, the, I was always the person when the systems didn't work, people would always come to me and say, Rebecca, can you help me figure out what I'm doing wrong? And so he, he actually sponsored me. He said, I want you to come and work in IT. You can't do it without any experience whatsoever. So I'm going to put you on a bunch of training courses. So I went and learned how to, how to be a programmer. And yeah, that was kind of how I got into tech. It was, I, I was lucky. Was I lucky? I think I was just in the right place at the right time. And someone spotted me and gave me an opportunity and said, you know, we think you've, we think you've got the right aptitude. Come and work in tech. Mm -hmm. So I came out of the call centre and went to work in the, in the tech function. Um, and it was a really interesting journey. As I said, you know, these small American companies came over and started laying the fibre optic. But the big conglomerates in the UK started to then buy them all out. So I think the journey for Jones, if I remember right, was Jones Cable Group, Bell Cable. Then we became Bell Cable Media. Then we became Cable. There might have been another one in there. I can't quite remember. But then we became Cable and Wireless. And it's now, you know it today as Virgin Media. So yeah. it all got eaten up and eaten up and eaten up. NTL, that was the other one. NTL, NTL was the yeah, other one. Yeah, I remember one. that. And now it's and now it's um, Virgin Media. But what's re what was really super was not only did I get into technology, I had the opp opportunity during that that period of time to work on so many mergers. So yeah. every time we got eaten, uh, you know, eat, you know, ne the next time that the company got eaten and it became a different organisation, it was another merger. It was another. What are we going to do with the technology? What platforms are we going to adopt? Who's got the best? you know who's got the best system that we can deal with so i think i think in the space of about five years i worked on three significant technology mergers which is given given how early on in my career my technology career i was it was just a cracking opportunity so i gained so much experience really really early on you mentioned you kind of grew up in in Sheffield and stuff. Were you were you interested in in technology and 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 that kind of stuff as growing up? And did you like was that something that you were no. you kind of had an eye on at all? Not at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, it's, at, 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 tech wasn't taught at school. Um, this will make you laugh. We used to at, at school the girl, the girls used to get split from the boys, and the girls would go and do typing lessons, and the boys would go and do football or something like that. <laughs> Um, right. So no technology. Technology wasn't technology wasn't taught at school. It's a long, long time ago for me now. I did get a Sinclair. A Sinclair. My brother got one, and I he, he kind of I, I got it left over, and I was interested was interested in that. But no, it was you know growing up in Sheffield in the in the sort of well, it was the eighties. We didn't talk about careers. Careers wasn't something that people did. People didn't go to university either. Mm. You know, it was we had the Bassett's factory. We had the bread factory we had the steelworks that's pretty much where you worked that's kind of what you did um yeah. so for me to break away to break away and go and work at a company in Leeds even though it's only like 30 miles down the road that was a really big deal because that was breaking the mold of you know I wasn't going to be a factory worker I was actually going to go and work at this tech company that had come into that had come into Leeds so um, no, but it, it, I very, very quickly, very, very quickly started to love how technology impacted customers, end users immediately and how delivering change, you can just see the, the benefits and the, you know, the, the, the way it improves people's lives. And I, it, it, it still fascinates me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's amazing, is it? Like that, the, we will talk about it a little bit um, later on about the kind of uh, women in technology thing, especially in insurance and and and. Uh, but so that that's it just it, as much as I there, there's a hell of a lot of work to do. I think in that space, it, it does show kind of how far we've come yeah. in in regards to split split splitting. 
boys off to go and play football and women off to go and, uh, and, yeah, and do yeah. typing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that is, as much as I think people tend to focus on the negative, we have also come a long way. It's a, look, there's, there's a huge amount of stuff that we need to do. And I know Lloyd's are try, trying to do some of that as well. So we'll, we'll definitely get into that. So so what, what was the first insurance role then? So to move moving away from the, the kind of more general tech stuff, what what did what, what was the, the first kind of gig you got in the, in the insurance space? Sure. So, um, so I worked in telecoms for a very long time, met my husband, had children, took a career break. And then when I came back, um, I came back, it, it was really hard. It was really hard to come back after having children. Um, it's, it's not that long ago. Um, but you know, kind of say, say, uh, 18, 19 years ago, which actually isn't a long time, but companies just didn't want even though even though I'd been a you know a, a program director I'd been a I'd been a partner in a consultancy firm I could not break in I really really difficult to break back into um the workplace so I actually took a role um I was a project manager so very very lower level role from the role I'd completed when I'd had the children um at Hiscox yep so I went to work for Hiscox and the reason why it was Hiscox was one, they'd just won um, a Times Top 10 Employer Award. Um, so they really caught my eye. And the second reason was they're in Colchester, which is where I live. So uh-huh. being a young mum, I was pretty keen to stay local. So I went to work for Hiscox and uh, I went in as a project manager, but very, very, very quickly, I think because I've because I'd gone in lower than the level at which I'd exited a few years before, very, very quickly kind of went through the ranks. So yeah, I worked for Hiscox. I worked in the UK retail arm and I was implementing, I was implementing new software, enterprise service bus software. Yeah. Um, across, across, across the UK retail space. Then we were breaking into the US. We were going into the US it was around the time I think AIG were having difficulties and we said, okay, yeah. let's go and break into the US market. And I sort of put my hand up and said, I want to go and work in, you know, can I, can I be part of this team? It was really entrepreneurial what we were doing. Mm. Um, and I was lucky enough to be, I was lucky enough to, 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 to get on board with um, Hiscox US, USA, um, and spent pretty much three years going backwards and forwards. I was one of the luckiest people around at the time I had a desk in Colchester I had a desk in London and I had a desk in Manhattan that oh, kind wow. of felt like a really big deal so I traveled <laughs> did a lot of travel traveled backwards and forwards um, implemented their first uh, e-commerce site for uh, b2b small business insurance um, became their head of IT um, and as I said I did that did that for three years then um, the travel was just killing me. Literally, yeah. it was you know backwards and forwards. Small family. I'd done it for three years, and actually, um, so one on a personal level, I the travel was starting to get too much, and on a professional level, I'd built a team in the states, and I and being in the UK, all of a sudden, was you know I spent my whole time sort of you know online after twelve o'clock. Everybody was mm-hmm. in the US. Then well, I didn't have I didn't have much of a footprint in the UK anymore from a team perspective. So we said it was time to hire a head of IT in the US. So I helped hire my replacement um, in the States and I went on to be head of IT for Europe. Um, so I looked after seven countries across across Europe for Hiscox. Um, I, had, I had a great, great time working for Hiscox. They're a cracking, cracking company. Yeah. I'm super interested to see what's going to happen when Bronick goes and Aki takes over as, as CEO a lot of pleasant memories and I always think that was the time when I grew up I really grew up professionally the time I was at Hiscox I don't know why when I got into insurance Hiscox were always that kind of they always had the kind of elite brand like I, I almost like when it, they, they, they just always oh, had that totally. kind of feel about them didn't they? that they 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 were really uh, whenever I've spoken to people that I was kind of they're like a bit like the if you're a football person that is a bit like a Re- the Real Madrid of uh, of insurance or something like that they've just got that kind of fi- feel about them and um, but yeah I, no- I noticed in your background in, in, in when you were looking at, and I was looking at um, doing some research the um, I wondered whether or not you actually moved to the states but I, I kind of worked out timelines it must have been when you 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 had uh, 
uh, you had a small family, so I didn't know whether or not you went over there. But yeah, that that travel must have been. It just I that was a different world as well, wasn't it? Then like now, and you think now like how how much travelling will people actually do in those types of roles? I'm not I'm not sure how much it will totally. go back, especially because of the footprint of and the, the the environmental stuff and all that kind of thing. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But um, yeah, doing that doing that for three years and um, I bet there were some good times in there though. Going in in, in New York, I can imagine. It was there was some, there was yeah. There were some really good times and we had the call centre. Um, our call centre was down in uh, Georgia in a place called Chesapeake. And right. you wouldn't know it, but it's a really, really, it's a really beautiful part of the world. So not only did I get to travel a lot to to, to New York, um, but also Georgia. And we also set up an office in Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, I was travelling um, two, two weeks out of the month. Um, I'd be over in the States, um, sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks. I mean, I did have the opportunity to move and Hiscox was super. They flew the family over. They said, come and have a look. You know, before before we hire someone stateside, bring the family over, see if you want to come as a as a unit and we'll support you in that. So the kid, we, we came over, the kids came. They hated the cheese, so they said, we're not living in New York, Mom, because we don't like the cheese. I mean, how random is that? But they didn't like the cheese, so that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds well. You I mean, it's a fairly fairly uh, decent reason. Cheese is quite important, right? So uh... <laughs> Yeah, they didn't like the cheese. So so obviously that, that, that kind of leads on to where you went after, which I think for me is a really interesting part. So you, you spent a fairly decent chunk of time in the insurance space, um, obviously uh, yeah. evolved quite a lot as, as a person and uh, and obviously personally professionally like it, it kind of like you say did, did a lot of the learning and I guess they were your, your kind of first really big jobs um, and then and then decided to to kind of venture out of the insurance space and uh, and, and take on a, a a kind of an even bigger job in a, in a really kind of forward-thinking industry and space so it'd be, it'd be great to hear your your kind of journey there and what and a little bit kind of what why you did it and how, how it was so I was a CIO for a challenger bank. Um, I stepped out of insurance and was CIO for a challenger bank for, for just over three years. And on paper, I didn't feel like I was shifting industry. Yeah. So insurance, highly regulated, banking, highly regulated. I didn't feel like it was a, a big jump. It was such, such a huge shift culturally, uh, the way it's governed, the way it's overseen. Um, and it was my first time as a CIO as well. So I'd been obviously head of head of IT, divisional CIO with Hiscox, um, with a global CIO over the top of me. Mm. Um, so it was it was new industry and my first time as CIO as well. So it's a really really big change for me um, on on a number of levels. The challenge the challenger banking space is so exciting yeah. and so interesting. You know. It um, customers who can't get a service from the high street banks because they're so fixed, their risk their risk approach is so fixed, um, and the you know computer says yes or computer says no, and it's you know mm. it's pretty black and white. The challenger space is really is really really shifting that, um, bringing different services, bringing different products, servicing clients in different ways, servicing clients in the way in which they want to be, they want to deal um, with with their banks. Um, and it, I say I grew up professionally at Hiscox. Um, I earned my CIO stripes at Oldermore Bank every day of the week. It was, yeah. a, it was, every day was a school day. Every day was a school day. It was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what? Actually, what was the the kind of catalyst there? So, so I think was it three years you did there, kind of j- j- give or take. Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, three yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. what was what was the? So that that's a that's a kind of. Uh, I think three years is that that kind of typical stint for for a CIO a lot of the time, isn't it? They they kind of do three yeah. or four years and they, yeah. they get a big bulk of change done and 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 then either invest in for another three years to do something similar or, or, or move on so was that kind of how it evolved for you or was there was it just that um you you wanted to get back into insurance or or the the the, the job just came to how did that work and, the, and the kind of going ended up going to lloyd's so you're absolutely spot on as to the reason for leaving so i'd implemented um i'd defined the tech strategy i'd implemented the lion's share of it and it was about to tip into run mode 
So right. from a role perspective, the transformation had kind of been done, and it was about to go into run mode, um, which you know I'm not I'm not a run person, I'm a transformation person. So there was a really natural, nice and natural point um, at which it was the right time to go, um, and before I'd even blinked, Lloyd's came and said to me, "We think we've got something that would be really interesting for you." And what was really appealing about the Lloyd's opportunity, apart from it being Lloyd's of London, which of course is so iconic cool. and amazing, um, yeah. was the role itself was, was is a broader role. So it's a broader role than I'd had before. So <clears throat> as CIO at the bank, I had change delivery, a tech change delivery, but here I've got change management, end-to-end change management. So it's a broader role. And, you know, the modernisation that we're doing both internally for the corporation and the market it's it, it yeah just a perfect perfect time to join um and a really cracking decision i'm I, it's a great place to work it really really is yeah so um yeah you I mean look the the i think most uh, i'll make the assumption that most of the people listening are uh are, are kind of in the insurance space so therefore aware of lloyd's but not not uh yeah. not always um and it's uh it's certainly lloyd's of london not lloyd's bank which is i think what some, some people often get confused don't they, if they that don't always insurance. happens yeah yeah <laughs> so so uh, but but I, I guess most people will know about the future at lloyd's program and uh and the kind of blueprint one two and all that kind of stuff but what what it'd be good to kind of get an overview of kind of where you are at the moment what's the um but behind Rebecca's desk currently what what's what's on the agenda what's what's big for you right now okay so big for me right now is I'm closing the data centers so we're moving to a full cloud first proposition um that for me is is you know it, it it's an it's a necessary activity to do because you know, we we have data center, we have data centers, and we I think we run at a really um, relatively small capacity within quite a huge compute environment. So moving to the cloud strategically is just so important. We gain so much from a change delivery perspective. You know, we can spin up servers in a heartbeat. Um, we can control our compute environment. So you know, we don't have to build for the build the service for the maximum capacity we can scale uh, with that so that's a really really big one for us as a technology function which is closing the data centers and that will be sort of in the next <clears throat> in the next six months uh, that we'll achieve that we've then got the modernization of the um, of the legacy estate there's always a legacy estate it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter where you work there's always the leg there's always the legacy yeah. estate to deal with so very, very, very much about modernising the legacy estate. So implementing um, systems like Workday. So getting our HR and finance processes um, up and running and smoothly. Um, and then from a market perspective, uh, you you may or may not have seen that we've just announced a joint venture with DXE, um, yeah. who are going to be working with us. We'll be working together on delivering a lot of Blueprint too. And that's really exciting because of getting the bureau on board um, <clears throat> with all the data um, that they have is just yeah that's that's going to be a real additional capability that we can bring to the the wider marketplace. Yeah. So how, how have you found it coming back into insurance then? And going, you mean because obviously it's not like you uh, you've come back into something that's not only a big transformation but big transformation that everybody knows about and uh, and and is it, to, to say it's in the spotlight in our industry is uh, is a bit of a, a bit of an understatement really. Is it? How, how's that been? Oh, it's like it. it I likened it um, to <clears throat> to like having oxygen back in your lungs. Oh, really? So um, the ability to innovate in the insurance space is just, I, I think, I think we underestimate, you know, we, we talk very much still about the regulated environment that we're in and it is very regulated, but we, our ability to innovate, our ability to innovate products and services, our ability to impact customers and give them, it, it's just, I, I think stepping out for three and a bit years has has given me the ability to see just how much we can really achieve. Mm. People who say insurance is boring just don't uh, haven't looked at it properly. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a marine underwriter and spend your summer in Monaco looking at yachts and you know providing insurance quotes to these? I mean, 
I, to me, insurance is fascinating and it's yeah. so multifaceted. Well, I always said when I grow up, I was going to be a political risk underwriter because I just find that whole space so so interesting. But I've not grown yeah. up enough yet to to get that accolade. I'll stay in IT for a bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the problem is is a lot a lot of people. Um, and look, my, my my wife is exactly the same. She the, the, the think the tip the, the kind of the extent of insurance is is kind of compare the market and uh, and and your your car insurance or your your travel insurance or something yeah. like that. I mean that that's the thing, isn't it? Whereas mm-hmm. actually, once you start getting into the the London market stuff and the specialty insurance and all that kind of stuff, you realise it's it's uh, it's amazing how many things are, are actually insured. Well, pretty much everything's insured, isn't it? But um, but yeah, it's uh, you mean uh, yeah. Monaco sounds good. I'm I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong job. I, I think I I might make a detour with you at some. Who point wouldn't want to be a marine that. underwriter? I mean, yeah. yeah but exactly. it is it's fascinating. So it's you you know you don't know you don't know you you're not just a specialist in underwriting, in, in you know underwriting. You, you have to learn so much about the products, mm. and the products are fascinating. Yeah. Spaceships. Yeah. Yeah, landing yeah. equipment aeroplanes you know it's high net worth jewelry horses i yeah i anyone who thinks that they want a, a role a job in insurance or don't want a job in insurance because it's boring um i'd suggest you look a bit deeper because it, I, it's a fascinating world yeah yeah definitely you're, you're doing well to sell it for sure um so the, the, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I, planning I, on <laughs> <laughs> the um the, the interesting one, because actually it'd be interesting to really get your view on it, because I think this is um, look we're we're in a spec. You mean Lloyd's as a, as a as a marketplace and a, and a business are, are obviously rapidly changing, and and by def by default as a, off the back of that, all, all the other kind of carriers and brokers that feed into the marketplace are, are having to do the same. So, so what 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 do you see as the the, the kind of the the really big challenges that are facing the the, 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 the kind of space over the, ne- the next few years? I mean, it might be Lloyd's, but just the, the, also the sector in, in, in general. Yeah, it's a good question. So I think um, I think there's, there's, there's one obvious um, answer, which is just it's a global problem, which is uh, cyber risk. Yeah. I think the, the, the cyber landscape is evolving at a pace that we need to we need to keep up with so managing our our environments yeah that that's 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 a big one for the whole for the whole you know every technology um leader um has that on their plate i think from a market perspective um from a lloyd's perspective it's about adoption so mm. we're delivering we'll be delivering new services and we need everybody to 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 get on board and start to use those services um but talk to us as well talk to us and tell us what you like about it what you don't like about it what you need you know what would work for you you know so we, we need to we need to keep the conversation going and obviously we have a great network across across the marketplace and and that happens regularly but it is a conversation as well so do talk to us and do do tell us what your requirements are and then i think the final challenge really is um probably in the automation space mark and mm. um, really being able to auto- automate customer journeys in such a way that customers bro and i say customers in the broadest of sense of brokers managing agents etc feel very connected to what's happening um and I think, as we all know, when you get the little, you know, the little swirly, oh, give us a minute, we'll be back in a moment, you know, we're just processing your order or, you know, those things, you can really become quite disconnected as, a, as an end mm-hmm. user. And so I think getting that automation and that digitalization of the processes done that you remain connected is, uh, is absolutely key. How have you how have you found that? It's obviously you you you've you've been in the role for kind of year and a half or so now. Um, how, how have you found the kind of adoption of change? Because I think that that look that that I think most people would would accept that in insurance, uh, mm. even if it's not reality, the perception is that actually the reason that the sector is is kind of lagged behind from a tech perspective in the past is because people are, are adverse to change. There, there's obviously a lot of people that have been in the sector mm. um, for for kind of twenty thirty years or so and 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 kind of like the way that they, they've always done it etc etc all that all those kind of standard anecdotes that you you, you hear um how, how have you found that kind of adoption of uh, of change and people kind of embracing it since since your time at lloyd's 
So very, very early in the very, very early on in the pandemic, we recognised we needed to recreate the some of the underwriting room virtually, and so we launched we launched what we call the virtual room, the virtual underwriting room. It was delivered in six six weeks, pretty much. So wow. you know, and the virtual underwriting room is a space where people, where brokers um, can go and connect, connect with each other, make appointments to see each other, total virtual meeting space. Um, and the adoption rate for that has been has been superb and and continues to grow. So I think I think possibly the challenge is going to be we've seen that digital adoption, we've seen how it can work, we've seen how people will get on board. But it's that preference that you've just talked about, which is I like to come into I like to come into the city. I like to have my papers under my arm because I like to I like to be able to reference my my slips. <laughs> Um, are we going to go back to that because we've seen a cracking level of adoption for some of our digital processes already, but will we slip back into, you know, people being there? And to be honest, we want people there as well. We, you know, the city, the city needs us all back. It's not just, yeah. it's not just Lloyds of London. The city needs us all back there. Um, so I think I, I, for me, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the adoption that we have seen and seen successes with actually evolves when when we can and as we are now you know much more present and it's a shame the day you were in it wasn't very busy because we're seeing we're seeing on the floor the the, the number of um users grow on a on a day-by-day basis so it's not it's nice to see people coming back in it's great to see in fact oh yeah i mean don't get me wrong i i i, uh, I put a post on linkedin the other day it was amazing how many people messaged me and said oh you should have let me know i was in but i just kind of make the assumption that uh that nobody's going to be there don't you but the uh that nobody's yeah, there it's, it, yeah yeah it's, it's it's great i mean it's uh it was great the other day just just walking around london again I, i've been going back into the office for a bit but but actually just walking around the city and actually see, seeing things that you just forget you miss like it's uh it's uh and and it's it's interesting what you say because i think this adoption kind of thing is is been has been a necessity so it's it's interesting that things can actually can be adopted and spun up really quickly when it's an absolute necessity and you absolutely have to do it um but yeah it really will be interesting to see how many people kind of get back into their old habits and 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 you kind of want a bit of a hybrid really i mean what 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 do you think that whole kind of work i know lloyd's have been been kind of fairly key especially in the tech space about people being flexible working from home and, and opening up that talent pool and all that kind of stuff what 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 do you what do you think the what do you think that will look like if we fast forward kind of a year or two what what do you what do you think that kind of working kind of flexible working do you think it's going to really take off do you think people want to come back into the office what what are your thoughts on that i, th- I think we'll end up with a hybrid as, as you said mark i think we'll probably end up with people in a couple of days a week and then yeah. the rest of the time working virtually um we've proven we can do it but the thing that we all miss, <clears throat> and I miss it dreadfully, and I think I think you probably feel the same, is just that human connection and seeing people in three D. And oh my goodness, when I know when I first met first met some of my team members, I think everybody's doing this at the moment. Um, you meet someone for the first time that you've just seen on this little screen for the last twelve months, and you don't realise how tall they are. That actually <laughs> their hair colour is slightly different to the one that 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 you've got. That, that you know they're taller, they're slimmer, they're you know their whole the whole three D of it, and. Um, I mean, I personally get a lot of energy from being around people and humans, mm. um, and I th- and and that's what I'm starting to see. So I, th- I think I think it'll be a hybrid. I think we need to get together to collaborate. I think we need to get together to kind of further deepen relationships that are already there. But there's also a huge benefit to be able to work flexibly. And and for me, the happy the happy medium would be that couple of days a week. Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly that that kind of. Uh, uh... Uh, kind of um, just the availability of talent. Uh, do you know what I mean? To, to not to be focused purely on one area is uh, is, yeah. is is it makes it just makes the talent pool so much bigger, doesn't it? Um, I mean, it's interesting your your US yeah. UK role. I wonder how how different that would have been like in 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 the future. Do you know what I mean how 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 kind of flexible people will be? Um, obviously, you can't change a time difference, but it, it certainly I think people are a lot more. Uh, even just open to the fact that people might have kids in the background and that those barriers have been broken a bit, which again, in insurance, the whole kind of suit, tie, very formal, it's 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 definitely broken down some of those barriers, which, um, yeah, I have to say, I, I hope stay stick around for, for a while. I'm not, uh, I'm not pla- wearing a suit just for the completely sake of wearing a suit. Agree. doesn't make sense, does it? You, you you completely agree. You've just reminded me. I mean, I, you know, when I, was, when I was in the UK, but online with the US and... My little ones were running around and they, 
you know, mum, 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 come. And I'd be sort of going, shh, 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 yeah, I'm on a yeah, call, yeah. I'm on a call. <laughs> I, now, now I would actually, you know, if I had my time again, I would be encouraging them in because it's, I love seeing other people's kids, dogs, you know, yeah. actually what's part of them as, as, you know, that makes them the person they are. Um, so yeah, for me, it's massive. Yeah, keep keep that, more of that. It's great. Yeah, 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 totally agree. Um so I, I guess I just wanted to. I mean, look, we um, we were talking just before we uh, we we started recording about uh, the Women in Technology conference that you you were you were speaking at. So, it, given that you are uh, a female in a really senior role in a in a high profile company, I mean, it would be crazy for us not to not to talk about that a little bit. Like, I think that's it. That's huge, huge on the agenda for for all big business, um, especially in the insurance space, which uh, I think it's no no secret that is is has been a quite heavily male dominated sector for, for for years add technology onto that which is an, is another one it's almost like a double whammy so so what what's um what what, what do you how do you think that's uh, that's kind of evolving you I mean obviously we spoke about how it's evolved from from your cable and wireless days to, to now but but where, where do you think we're at at the moment and what what do you think are the the kind of the the, the big things we need to, to do moving forward to, to kind of further embrace that because i think it's important Oh, crikey. This, I mean, yeah, so statistically, we're going backwards. Right. Right yeah. now, statistically, the number of women in leadership positions is going backwards. And that's not that's not a, that's not a Lloyd's thing. That's a general, yeah. you know, in the technology space, we're seeing fewer and fewer women um, coming into leadership roles. Organisations have just got to be um, really focused on encouraging um women not only to come in but to take risks and when I say I talk about taking risks you know I think it, it's not uncommon people know this that you know a a woman will only apply for a role if she believes she's you know close to a hundred hits up close to a hundred percent of the requirements yeah. when the reality is an employer is high, you know really likely to take a chance on you if you've got 50% of the requirements um, but you've got a great aptitude you know you are your your ability to learn is there you you, you know you're going to come in and add something different and diverse to the organization and tech, tech roles are are absolutely crying you know we're crying out to have more women come in i run a i run a um a female network and and it's a, it's a really casual thing you know we we get together every couple of months and we have a coffee and and I encourage all the ladies in, in the group to talk about what's getting in the way and what's stopping them from, from progressing. And, you know, it, it is that risk-taking. Mm. We don't like to take risks. Women like women are very risk-averse. And I'm speaking very generally, and there'll be probably loads of women out there saying that they, they're willing to take risks. We've got to stick our head above the parapet and take a risk and try. Because if you don't try... How are you going to know where the end is? How are you going to know where you could have got to if you just, you know, pushed yourself a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more? And I, yeah, I think I think companies just need to really recognise the fact that you know diverse diverse workforces require diverse cultures and diverse uh, ways of thinking and yeah. encouraging people to step outside of their comfort zone a little bit more is key to unlocking that. You can tell I'm passionate about it. Very yeah, no, it's, and, and uh, to, to be honest, I think we we spoke about it before how uh, I, I joined the DNI committee at my, my place not so long ago, and actually um, I've got a daughter, so it kind of makes it uh, makes it even more of a hot topic. I'd like to, it'd be great to pave the way, or at least somewhat, to, to to kind of improving it. But I, I think, what what are your thoughts around the the, the kind of how how you how you start to address that balance? Because I think that there, there there definitely is something. I I, I totally agree with what you're saying. That you mean that there's something on a personal level that you have to take responsibility for, for yourself but at the same time companies need to put a platform in place in order to to allow that those, those yeah. women that are make, taking the risk that are putting their head above the parapet to to actually evolve and 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 have those opportunities and um there's certainly i don't think it's any secret that there's there's a lot of people doing very kind of obvious stuff to try and get women in but but I think the, the the problem is people are just trying to kind of stick a bit of a band-aid over it. They they try to oh let's just get loads of women in for this job and 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 actually just just hire women for rather than actually sorting out the root of the problem, which is for me having role models and 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 stuff like that that people go into a room and see someone like yourself and actually who has gone through the ranks and 
and and had a family and all that kind of stuff. And so, what 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 do you think of the from your experience? And 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 I'm sure you've got some good and bad ones. And what 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 would you say the the, the absolutely key things that companies can do kind of here and now to make that platform more accessible? So I think it's on a couple of, I think it, for me it's on a couple of levels. One is we need to be getting into schools and talking to young people about, you know, what corporate roles look like, what career paths could be, what their career paths would look like, how we'll support them through a, a, a potentially inevitable career break because, you know, that's mm. coming. Yeah. It's also there for men as well right now, which is fantastic that, you know, parental leave is is on a much more equal balance than I think I've ever you know it's ever been. I th- I think I think this, so. There's encouraging people. There's getting into schools and encouraging, um, encouraging young people into our industry. But there's also telling them early what that support, what that support piece will look like when they do take a career break, because I think a lot of a lot of young women that I talk to think think very much about that career break that's that's needed and then and then define what what role so you know i don't know a young 18 year old girl already knows she wants to have a big family and i'm just i'm making this up but she already knows she wants a big family so she's dictating her career based on knowing that she's going to have a career break or she's going to she's going to need to have a few years out because she knows she wants to be a mom so she's already taken herself out of the game because she doesn't know that, you know, the, the industry or, or any industry will facilitate a long career break. She's thinking, OK, so, you know, perhaps I, I could go into some I'm, I'm beauty industry because I can do that. I can do that from home. I, you know, thinking so women have taken themselves out of the game before they've even put their foot in. And so companies mm. and organisations really need to show young people what that what that potential future piece looks like. So there's, some, there's something about the, the, the there's something about um, the younger generation, and then I think we need to be um, for corporate roles now. We need to be taking risks on women coming back into work. We need to be creating the right opportunities, job sharing, part time work, whatever that needs to be to accommodate the whole person, not just the person that comes into work every day. And then there's a piece on do you put quotas in place? I'm personally not mad keen on quotas. I think it drives the wrong behaviours because I think, as you just said, Mark, you get companies saying, "I'll only want a CV. I only want CVs from women." There's something I, 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 I don't feel right. Like, does it? Doesn't feel right because you want the best person for the job, but but maybe that's a way to stimulate things a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's. Um... There's certainly something in the process of getting to those women for especially more senior roles in, in which that you need to readdress the balance um, around the bias that in, in the process. I, I agree with you, really. I, I think um, saying there has to be X number of women or X number of men or X number of non-white people, it, it, it to me, it seems a, a, a little bit kind of too methodical. Like I, I think, yeah, and, and you and you end up yeah. with... you. I get I get the thought process like the, the the intention is good but the the I think the the ultimate result is you, you end up with just trying to kind of tick a box rather than actually sort again sort all the problem out and actually therefore encourage more women into to, to apply for those more senior yeah. roles and because actually what what's wrong with having five men or five women or five non white people interviewing for a job it, it, it shouldn't really because if they're the five best people then they're the five best people do you know what I mean they can all be women they could all be men they could yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting one I think there definitely needs to be some more on it but um certainly I think Lloyd's are, are, are definitely uh it's kind of addressing the balance is especially what where I've been but I, I definitely think that more senior people like yourself or something like that just just being able to walk into a room and see someone that looks like them uh, i think is 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 massive right like i think that's uh that's yeah. what most yeah, people yeah. i speak to say they they just walk into a room and they don't see anyone that looks like them and therefore what how can you you can aspire to be like that if you if you if you kind of if you don't see people that are similar role models i think that's uh that's a that's a really big one um yeah so I work for I work. My boss is a woman. It's the first time I've worked for a woman ever in my career, and it is an amazing experience. Yeah. She's absolutely outstanding, and so, I yeah. And Lloyd Lloyd's is, Lloyd's is doing really really well. You know, we have a lot of women in in leadership positions, and yeah, I I'm smiling because you know my my I 
I'm having a great time, a great time working for a woman. So, yeah, more more women in senior positions, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, great. Well, look, we're, we're coming towards the end now. Now, there's uh, there's uh, with with this series that uh, I'm doing, I'm going to ask uh, a lot of the questions are broadly similar, but there'd be three questions that I ask everyone right, right at the end, uh, and then a, a quick fire around that um, tells them a little bit about a uh, bit more about you. So, the, the kind of three questions I, I want to ask everyone are. Um, First of all, what is it that you love about the insurance space? We've we've covered a bit bits and pieces about it, but in a nutshell, what would be the the thing that you love about uh, insurance and and te- insurance technology? Oh, it's just it's 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 interesting. I'm a very curious person. I find it intellectually stimulating, and yeah, it's just a fascinating space to be in. Um, and yeah, when I grow up, I will be a political risk underwriter for sure. <laughs> well, I'll be a marine underwriter, and then uh, uh, then, then we, we can yeah, uh, okay. We can we can, sh- we can share share stories. <laughs> so, and uh, the next one is um, so what what's the best thing about being behind your desk right now? Oh, being able to do things like this, Mark, and um, hopefully encourage people to come and talk to us a bit more. You know, stim, stim, you know, stimulate, get people thinking about coming to work in insurance because it's, yeah, I'm, I am privileged that I'm able to be, I am able to be able to do this kind of thing. So yeah, it's great. Well, I, I didn't even, I didn't even prompt you to say that. That's, uh, that, that I'm gonna have to. That, I wonder how many other people would say doing this podcast is the is the best thing I've been around Not, not many, I would have thought. But uh, I didn't, but, I didn't say this podcast. I said the plat, being able to join these platforms. But yeah, oh, right, no, it okay. is, is great. Cool. Um, and then, and then the last one. And I, I promise I won't actually ask you this question. So it could be anything. But what is the one question I should have asked you, but I didn't? You should have asked me if I was dressed like a BBC newsreader and have I got pyjama bottoms on. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I definitely won't ask you. I won't ask I you to stand up. But you should have asked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so then now... Typical on to work the... from home attire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um, so now we'll move on to the, uh, the, the quick fire round. So I've got... Uh, uh, five six questions for you so first one um okay. what is the one piece of technology you couldn't live without iphone yeah yeah iphone and watch one. i live and die with my, my watches yeah my yeah, uh, live yeah and I, got, die I, I got an apple watch the other day and and it's amazing how many meetings i don't now miss or i'm late for just because it, it pings on my watch 10 minutes before it's, uh, it tells what, you what, yeah, yeah 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 it's amazing um the brand or company that you really admire Obviously, ever a part away from Lloyd's. Oh, Timpsons. Oh, really? Wow. Why? So, Timpsons are a high... Uh, because the key, they... The key cutting um, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. unemployed, they will give you a suit to go for interviewing. If you need your dry cleaning done, and you, so they'll either take it from stuff that hasn't been claimed and they'll give you a suit or they'll dry clean a suit for you. They yeah. will cut your keys if you're... You know, if you're homeless and you get a place, they'll cut your keys for free. Uh, they are bigger than the sum of their parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's funny you say it actually because I, I, I went to one the other day actually to get a, a, it's a whole different story but my wife locked me out of my house and I ended up sleeping in my car which was uh, in, in, interesting but uh, I, so I went to get <laughs> I went to get a uh, wow. but she locked me out accidentally. Actually, I didn't do anything uh, any, anything wrong. But um, but yeah, they, I noticed they've got that in their window, haven't they? If you need a if you need a suit or anything like that, then um, then uh, yeah, yep. they give uh, come and come and get it cleaned. That's uh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, fa- favorite business related book, The Phoenix Project. Okay, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, so the Phoenix Project is a book about a broken IT department and how they go from being broken to implementing agile, but they learn they learn that from the factory floor, from the manufacturing floor, and then they go on to solve the problems. But it's not a it's told as a story. It's not told as a you know that you know do you know here's a list of things that you do to implement agile. It's told as a story. And if you read that book, you will recognise your um, infrastructure manager in there. You'll recognise your um, your application manager in there. You'll recognise uh, the single points of failure. It's just a really great book. Really, really great book. And because it's told as a story, it 
kind of it, it gets you, but you'll recognise a lot of the characters in there from your own from your own departments. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so uh, the first thing you would buy if you won the lottery? Ha! <laughs> I'd be coming to you to get my yacht insurance, Mark. So I would, I'd be I buying knew a yacht. Say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I wouldn't be far behind you on that. I think a yacht would be up there for me. Um, so um, this is kind of an app one, given that we've been in lockdown for a while. F- favorite film or TV series? You can have one of each if you want, but but uh, Netflix or something like that. And okay, what's your favorite? So favorite film, Dead Easy, Goodfellas. I've probably seen it 15, 20 times. I have no idea if it comes on. Yeah. I, I yeah, I just love Goodfellas. It's a Classic. cracking film. And then I recently watched The Fall on Netflix. I know it's probably, yeah. I don't know, five years old or something, but um, really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's yeah. cracking. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then the final one, um, if you weren't a, uh, a CIO, what what would you be? Oh, I'm going to have to choose something different now, aren't I? I can't say a political writer because To be fair, if you weren't in... in- if you weren't in insurance, you hadn't been in insurance, you probably wouldn't know what a marine or a political underwriter was. So but maybe what were you going to be? What would you have been when you were a kid or something like that? A uh, police officer. Oh, right. Wow. Do you know, have you got any police officers in your family or anything like that? Or just... just uh, nope. Just for the book, for the advance of doing it. Okay, cool. Good. Well, look, that's uh, that's brought us to the end. Um, so... so Thank you very, very much for making some time for us. Uh, I know you're really busy, lots on the agenda at the moment. That was um, a really, really good eye-opener, some, some great, great advice um, for, for people getting into the sector and good, good to hear the story. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be loads of people that have got questions for you and stuff. So if, if anyone wants to reach out to you and, uh, and get in touch off the back of this, just to talk about any of the topics or join your uh, Women in Technology group or anything like that, like what, what's the best way for them to, to get hold of you? Uh, find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably about the best place. Great. Well, look, as I say, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, there's plenty more coming over the, the rest of this series. We've got another seven or eight uh, guests uh, lined up over the next few weeks. So if anyone wants to get in touch with Rebecca, obviously contact her on LinkedIn. Same for me. And uh, look forward to, uh, to catching up with you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Desk with me, Mark Thomas. If you like the episode, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, like and a comment, and even better, please share with your friends and colleagues. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so at linkedin.com forward slash Mark Thomas and the number zero. It would be great to hear from you. Equally, if you have any suggestions for future guests or other areas you'd like me to explore, it would be great to hear them too. Behind the Desk is powered by Eames Consulting, part of the Eames Group. You can find out more about us at eamesconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to catching up with you again next time.